Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny show. I'm wicked excited to be here today. And I'm going to title this episode, I think I'm going to call this sucker, One Bad Apple. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like a movie trailer, right? Coming up next, One Bad Apple. All right, let me tell you where the idea for this show came from. So in our family, I'm the one that does the, the grocery shop and I do the food shop and I'm the one that goes to the store to get the food. <laughs> so um, I was in the produce section recently and I, you know, we eat a lot of produce as vegans and also having a bunny. Uh, so I was in the produce section, looking at apples, looking at tomatoes, looking at the bananas, like just looking at all the fruit, you know? And I recently, first of all, let me just lead with a fun fact. I recently learned something that kind of blew my mind. Okay. And I had to write down some of these names. So I couldn't, cause I couldn't believe it. It just made me laugh so hard. So fun fact, way back in the day, did you know that all fruit was kind of pretty much called apple? <laughs> like if it, if it grew on a tree, if it, if it was a little bit like firm, it was referred to as an apple. So check this out dates, dates used to be called finger apples. I'm like, wait, what? I literally went to three different sources to make sure I wasn't going crazy. So this goes back to way, way, way old English. All right. So they called dates, finger apples. They called bananas, apples of paradise. They called potatoes, apples of the earth. So back in the day, it was pretty much like all fruit pretty much was called apple. It was some derivative of apple. I just thought that was so fascinating. Uh, and it ties back to, uh, there's even some connection back to like Adam and Eve and the apple and why, why, you know, it used to be called the forbidden fruit, like all these different things. So I was just cracking up laughing, thinking about finger apples. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to forget that. Okay. And we're back. So I'm in the produce section and I'm checking things out and I picked up a container of tomatoes, little uh, grape tomatoes that I love. And a bunch of the containers had, had like, each of them had like one moldy tomato in it. Right. And I see, you see it with strawberries, you see it with, with fruit all the time that's packaged together. And I'm always like, if there's one moldy piece of fruit, I put that container back and there's a reason why, because being in proximity to that piece of, not me personally, but the surrounding fruit, being in proximity to that already overripe 
rotting, uh, moldy piece of fruit affects the whole bunch. So you might be familiar with the saying, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. And the phrase came about to refer to basically a situation. Uh, let's, let's keep it on fruit for a second. So here's what we know about fruit. So if you take a container of like apples, so back in the day, back in the day when there were not refrigerators and they would store like apples, their harvest in bulk batches together, right? If there was one bad apple that was really bruised and rotting and starting to go bad, what, what fruit does is it reduces, it not reduces, it gives off, it gives off a gas as it's decomposing, as it's rotting. It gives off a gas called ethylene. And the ethylene in a barrel of apples or a batch of whatever, bananas, fruit, tomato, strawberries, it will affect the rest of the fruit that is near it. So it's a proximity problem. So when those, when, when, when a bad apple, <laughs> one bad apple can eventually spoil the whole bunch because it will quicken, it will speed up the molding process of the fruit that's around it. So when we reply that to people, what people say a lot of times is, oh, there's just that one bad apple. And we know we've heard about this, especially in terms of racial injustice and stuff that was going on with the police and, and breaking down the systems of how, you know, sometimes people like to use the phrase, well, it's just one bad apple. The whole bunch isn't rotten. Other people use it like, well, one bad apple is an indicator that there's a bunch more, right? So there's a, a lot of different interesting ways to think about this. And the way that the, the phrase one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch is often used is, is in like referring to a situation that one person's negative behavior, their, their demeanor, their, their, their shitty attitude, right? It can really affect the whole group of people and it can influence them to have the same or similar negative behavior to start doing shit otherwise that they wouldn't do. So it's like when you're a kid, if you're hanging out with right, a particular group of people who tend not to smoke or drink or do drugs, a lot of times you tend to not do those things. But if one person starts to experiment, starts to get a little weed, starts to do some stuff, right, they can easily influence them in their peer groups. So it's very similar. So I started thinking about this the other day when I picked up a, a thing of tomatoes and I saw that one was moldy and I'm like, I don't want this batch because the other ones all, already might be compromised. Now, of course, it, sometimes you don't have a choice. You're like, these are, the, well, you always have a choice. But let's say I'm like, I really needed tomatoes for something. I could always pick that one out, but I'm always looking at the integrity of the fruit or the, or the vegetables around the one that was already a little suspicious, okay? Around the one that was already a little bit moldy or funky or starting to go bad. And whenever I think about fruit going bad, it just always makes me laugh. I can envision in my mind this little cartoon of like a little a little apple with like a switchblade that he flicks out and he's like, this, this is the one bad apple. <laughs> so here's the thing. When we're talking about proximity in this way, when we're, when we're speaking about humans, right? It's like, we wanna be mindful about who you choose to hang around, 
Who are you spending your time with? And you've heard me kind of mention this a little bit on the previous episodes, uh, talking about, they, they say sometimes like proximity is power. We hear all these phrases about, about the people that you keep around you and how a lot of times, you know, when you're in proximity to other people that you're friendly with, they'll often give you a leg up. They'll help you up. So there's this idea about what we're around influences us, right? For good or for bad. And I was thinking about uh, as a spiritual mentor, you know, as a certified hypnotist, as somebody who works and deals with, I mean, obviously also as a yoga teacher, I deal with the body as a Thai yoga massage person for many years. I deal with the body, um, you know, all the things of the body. Um, but also a lot of my work deals with the level of the mind. And especially as a 30 year long Course in Miracles student, you know, Course in Miracles is all about mind training. This is something that I've been thinking about thoughts is something I've been doing for a wicked long time. So one of the things that I always say to my clients and I always say to people, the members of the nest, uh, my spiritual community and, and membership is, you know, you have to be vigilant for the quality of your thoughts because that phrase, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. I think it's the same thing with your thoughts. So let me give you an example. Have you ever been around somebody or a group, let's say like this, that, you know, I call it like the wine wine. <laughs> People are like, what, what do you mean by that? The wine wine. So I often jokingly say how sometimes there'll be a group of people, often women, I'm not stereotyping everybody, but um, who love to get together and drink wine and whine about things, right? The wine wine. They like to get together, have their alcohol and bitch and moan about their partners, their jobs, their life, whatever. And there are people who like, they, you know, that phrase like misery loves company. So if there's a group of people who are consistently negative, they tend to attract other people who like to kind of talk about and sit in, I call it sitting in the shitty diaper, right? They all like to like get together and just sit in their shitty diapers and moan and bitch and complain and whine and tell stories about how blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we want to be really mindful about is that kind of like what my group of friends does? And if so, maybe it's time for an upgrade or maybe you're somebody who can choose not to participate in that negativity or the gossip or the victimization and all that stuff. Now, this doesn't mean, of course, that you don't allow room for humanity and humanness and people to have their feelings in their own experience. I'm not talking about that. This isn't spiritual bypassing. This isn't about putting the kibosh and toxic positivity and all. I'm not talking about that. Of course, let people have their own experiences. But if you find that there's people or persons, or maybe it's you, where you tend to be the moldy piece of fruit, <laughs> or you're surrounded by a person or persons who are like this moldy piece of fruit, just know that it can affect and influence the things around them. But especially also with thoughts. This is why I say be vigilant for the quality of your thoughts, because the thoughts that we think have power. They are the cause 
and your external experience, the world, how things um, seem to be out there are the effect. So if we're not careful about our negative thoughts and how much those moldy, those little moldy thoughts that like sit in the dark of the subconscious sometimes, right? This is why doing spiritual work. This is why doing personal transformational work. This is why subconscious reprogramming and training your brain. This is why things like hypnosis, et cetera, are so powerful because they help us to rid ourselves, our minds of those little moldy thoughts, <laughs> those little bad apples. And I don't mean to say that like, cause thoughts, you don't have to do anything about your thoughts, but here's the thing. How many times have you met somebody who maybe they have a smile on their face, but inside they're miserable because they keep replaying these old thoughts, right? So our thoughts have so much power, even when we don't maybe physically act on them. We might have a crazy quote unquote moldy thought and we don't do anything about it. But if we continue to think about that thought, it can, it can create sickness. It can create scarcity. It can create, um, you know, be, being afraid. It can create fear. Like there's so much in there. And if we're constantly have quote unquote bad apples hanging around in your mind, don't think that that shit doesn't spread. And I remember there was a time in my life back in high school where, um, you know, the people who, one person in particular, like Miss Kayla Feb. So I call Miss. Miss was not only my one of my teachers, she was also my cheerleading coach. She was also my boyfriend's mom. She was also like a second mom to me. So she knew me really well. And she saw all the facets of me, of my personality. And one day I'll never forget hanging out in the school store um, and me just saying like, I hate that. And she looked at me and she said, well, you hate everything. And I realized that I had gotten in the habit of like, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. And they kind of, you know, they called me Miss Attitude. I had a little bit of an attitude problem. <laughs> now, I always say now in fairness, I was going through a lot at that time. Okay. I was going through a lot. My mother, you know, had recently been killed. I was living with people I didn't know. Like I was just like dog paddling to say to survive. So I'm not making necessarily excuses for my negative attitude but just having a little compassion for that younger version of me that was really doing her best to figure it out. So when I look back, it's like, as long as I stayed in that, that kind of, you know, you know, the little guy from, oh my God, was it Gulliver's Travels? And do you remember that, that uh, cartoon series and the little guy would always go, we'll never make it. We're doomed. <laughs> One of the Lilliputians, we'll never make it. We're doomed. And I think on some level, he was the little moldy. He was the little moldy. He was the little bad apple, you know, that, that his gas, what he put out, what he put out, the energy that he put out, because really that's how it is with thoughts and with people, right? So with fruit, it's ethylene. It's like this gas, but the gas, quote unquote, that, that we put out is really our energy. And not only does it affect us, it affects those around us. Not only does it affect our thoughts, it affects our bodies, it affects our health, it affects our wealth, it affects our um, capacity to imagine and dream. I mean, it's just like, it can be a total soul crusher. It can be a dream stealer. Do you know what I'm saying? So 
there's a line in a course in miracles that says um an idea well let me let me give you the exact quote it says and the idea gains as it is shared let me say that one more time the idea gains as it is shared and the way that i interpret it that interpret that is an idea that is shared grows stronger so if we have an idea a thought that we continually share with ourselves by replaying it like a mantra in our head by repeating it repeating it i'm not good enough i'm not lovable i'm not worthy i'm not enough right i'm not enough i'm not lovable i'm stupid i'm what fill in the blank i'll never be able to do it i can't do it an idea that is shared with yourself or with others grows stronger now, of course, we can see this in the opposite way where it can expand in beautiful and powerful and helpful and dynamic and loving ways. And we can also do ourselves a disservice by continuing to share an idea, that bad apple, that little negative thought, that bad apple, which is really just um, a disconnect from the truth of who we are. It is an idea of separation from God, from source, from universe, from love. It is a sense of separation from who you really are. That's truly the one bad apple. The one bad apple thought, the origin thought that causes all the other problems is a belief in our separation from our source. And whether you call that God or love or universe or higher self or the divine or divine mind or in, 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 you know, your intuit, whatever you call it, you guys know me. I don't get hung up on what you call it, but that is the, that is the, 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 the piece that originally causes us so much suffering. So we want to be really mindful. And the thing is, is when you start to have a negative thought, if you don't like, like nip that shit in the bud, right? And there's a lot, we talk about this in the nest. In fact, this month in the nest, the module is called Changing Hurtful Thoughts. And it's all about how we, TYT, I call it, we transform your thoughts. And there's a process that we use of how we change our thoughts. So, you know, we have to, but the first step is you have to stop it. You have to recognize that you're having, I call it a crazy thought, right? An insane thought. You have to recognize it. That, oh, oh, there's a piece. Of, there's a bad apple. <laughs> there's that one bad apple. If we don't recognize it, right? And it sneaks past the consciousness, the part of us that's awake. If we're not paying attention and just out of habit, we repeat it. Just out of habit, we keep thinking it. And if we don't interrupt that pattern, right? It's like, think about it. Think about the thought as, as having kind of like that ethylene gas, right? The energy of that thought, it can spoil the other thoughts around it. Just how like piece of fruit can ruin the fruit around it if we don't remove it from the barrel, right? And just how like if we're around negative people, if you grew up in a family of people who were always focused on why they can't, how they, they like, you know, their sickness or, um, you know, like if you ever notice how like some behaviors are learned, 
right? Some helplessness is learned, is taught. And that because we're so heavily influenced as children, sometimes these patterns of helplessness are taught to us and we learn to believe that I'll never be able to get ahead. I'll never be able to go to college. Like if that's something you want to do, right? Not everybody needs to or has to go to college. Uh, I'm just talking about the things, the dreams that that maybe just will dry up and disappear because there's no, the, all you got around you are bad apples. And for me, a bad apples is basically just people who aren't thinking right because all actions and behaviors, uh, ultimately, they start. The seed is a thought. Thought is cause. Words, actions, behaviors, which become character are effect of what begins on the level of mind. So this is where we have to really, really pay attention. This is not to discredit the wisdom of the body, but for right now, we're talking about how the proximity, and if we don't get, like I sometimes joke, you guys have heard me say it so many times in the show, you ever just get so sick of yourself that you wish you could just like unzip your skin and crawl out and get away from yourself because you're like, oh my God. What you're really trying to get away from is the quality of the energy in your mind. And in A Course in Miracles, we would say that you have but two emotions, love or fear. You have but two teachers, spirit, Holy Spirit, or ego. And whichever one of those, whichever one you spend the most proximity in contact with is really going to determine the kind of experience that you have here in the world. So this is the thing I want you to, so if you have a negative thought, if you have a situation, the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you get pissed about it, the more angry you get about it, the more you share it with your friends, the more you insist on keeping your focus on that. Think about that as speeding up the molding process, speeding up the spoiling process. So we want to be able to shift our awareness and shift our attention and keep our thoughts. I always say, you can, you can take this however you want to say it. It's like, take your mind off the problem and bring your mind back to God. Bring your mind back to love. Bring your mind back to the source. Bring your mind back to where all things are possible. Come back to positivity or limitless possibility. The way that I explain that or I talk about that in my language with myself is get your mind back on God. Get your mind back on love. So I just wanted to talk about this because you might, you might be double amen hands. You might find that when you started to do some growth work, maybe you started going to yoga. Maybe you started um, reading more spiritual books. Maybe you started going to therapy. Maybe you joined a group like the Nesta membership. Maybe whatever. You start to work on yourself. You start to get your mind right. You start owning your shit, taking some responsibility for, uh, I always say to people, what happened to you as a little kid, so much of that you couldn't control. As an adult, we get to decide what we're going to do about those stories. A lot of times as the stories were happening, we didn't really get a whole hell of a lot of a say, but we do now. And so if, if we want to, um, you know, change things, it has to start, it has to start with us. And we have the power and the choice to say, like, yeah, okay, so where was I going with that? Okay, and we're back. It, when you start to do some growth work, you might find that those old friendships, those old relationships, those old groups of people that you used to hang out with, 
um, you know, they start to shift. They maybe no longer feel like a good fit because I, as I say, you're no longer willing to sit in your own shitty diaper. And when you start to kind of like move out of that, you might start to look at some of your relationships and say, yeah, this doesn't feel good anymore. Again, this doesn't mean that people aren't allowed to have tough times. People aren't allowed to be processing something, right? It's not like, it's like, we always have to be positive. I'm not saying that. Um, because as a verbal processor is somebody who sometimes I'm like, I just need to my fe feel my feelings and I need to talk about my feelings and I need to like move through them, right? And more and more and more, I'm hoping to grow and expand to a place where I don't even need to give them talk time. I'm hoping that I'm going to even quicken even more my ability to, how do I say this? Not need to give it even that much thought and energy that I'm going to learn to like, boom, recognize it's a crazy thought. And that's what, that's what Ken Wapnick, one of my, my teachers used to say, he said, you know, how, you know, you're making spiritual progress is not by the fact that you never have a fearful thought again, not by the fact that you never have these like make quote unquote negative thoughts again. It's how quickly you recognize that you're having one because in that moment is where your power lies. When you recognize that one bad apple, you're like, boop, and you can pluck it right out. So. I'm hoping that I can get to a point where it's like, I don't even need to give it tongue time. You know what I mean? I can just recognize it and say, I don't have to believe this. I don't have to blah, 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 blah. I can choose to change my mind. And I know that I have this power because I've done it with so many other things in my life. But you know what? You have that power too. So again, we circle back to that thing of how misery loves company. And I want to be like, like, yeah, how about we no longer find it that attractive to, to stay in the shitty diaper, to stay in our stories, to stay stuck? What if we could start to do some things where we can pluck out the bad apples, remove them from ourselves? Because here's what I believe too. When you start to do that work, you'll no longer actually be attracted to hanging out with other people who aren't also doing that work. It will no longer feel congruent. It will no longer feel in alignment. And I think one of the things that I see a lot of people struggle with is when they're on a growth journey or an expansion journey, and they feel like they're no longer able to relate to um, their primary relationship or a lot of the relationships around them. So I hope this was helpful in some, in some way, you guys, to just kind of think about this concept and really bring it down to that, to that level of not so much it being about other people out there being bad and influencing, but about the bad apples that we have in our own mind. These old stories, these old beliefs, these old blind spots, oh, I call the BS, right? Beliefs, stories, blocks, blind spots, bullshit <laughs> that we have. <laughs> And one of the powers of spiritual mentoring, one of the powers of hypnotherapy, as you guys know that I recently announced my new program for spiritual hypno mentoring, uh, working with clients. I'm so excited about it. I'm so jazzed because to me, it's going to be like, uh, you know, plucking out, plucking out that old moldy fruit 
and getting rid of these kind of gaseous, non, non-loving or helpful thoughts in the old wiring, in the old brain wiring, in the old subconscious programming, those thoughts that no longer serve us. And the reality of it is, is a lot of those thoughts, a lot of those thoughts that led to behaviors uh, and defense mechanisms and survival techniques, you know, they were there for a reason. You know, it was our way of trying to uh, survive and save ourselves and help ourselves as little people. But what we find as we get older is that they now become a hindrance. They become a shield uh, that not only keeps the world out, but it keeps us trapped in. So these are all things, again, we talk about in the nest. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the nest is now uh, a continuously open membership. So you don't have to wait for me to like open the doors, you know, every six months or whatever. So if this kind of stuff that I talk about interests you, I highly encourage you to either get on my email list, just go to karenkenny.com slash sign up or join the nest, karenkenny.com slash nest, go find out about it. Um, and also being able, <clears throat> excuse me, to work with me one-to-one in uh, spiritual hypno-mentoring. But that requires, um, that requires a conversation, a consultation to make sure it's actually a good fit and that, um, that you're ready to make that level of commitment emotionally, financially, uh, time-wise, and all that stuff. So with that one, you can just uh, go to my website, karenkenny.com slash contact. Uh, you'll see the button right there. Contact me if you want to talk about that. So you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, wherever you are. And as you go out and move through the world, right? Don't be the bad apple. So think about it this way. When you come into a room, be responsible for the energy that you're bringing with you. When you step into a space, be responsible for the energy. When you get on a call with somebody, when you do a Zoom, when you send a text, think about what am I putting out? What is, the, what is the gas, right? What is the energy that I am putting out? And how is it going to affect the fruit, aka the people around me, the minds that are around me, okay? So wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, uh, the environment, and yourself better than how you first found it, wherever you go. May you be a blessing. Okay, bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. 
Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>